Hello everybody, what is happening y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Semi-Relatable Content. I am your host, Tyler French. Let's get started. That's a new intro that I'm debating having as like my intro for every episode. I'm not sure how I feel about it yet, but let me know or if you like it or not. And if you have something better or something that you think I could try or add on to it, then let me know as well. Alright, so, got a couple things I wanted to talk about today, tonight. It's in the evening, it's nighttime, right? Close enough. Alright, so, let's just get right into it. So, uh, one of the messages that I wanted to get across in this podcast episode today is uh, what I've called coming in second. And this doesn't necessarily mean literally second every time, like the number two. I'm not talking about in terms of a race or, um, you know, finishing an assignment after someone else or whatever, things like that. I'm just talking about in general where you might not be the best at whatever particular thing you're currently doing. Um, and I just wanted to give some examples from, from my personal life and just get the message out there that it's okay to not be the best at something. It's okay to not be the number one person or the top dog in uh, a hobby that you're doing, whether it's your job, just just life in general. Um, I've been playing soccer my whole life. Um, I dabbled a little bit into baseball and basketball, but they just weren't my thing. Soccer is where I've always felt more at home, and that's just been my my go-to sport. I'm, I'm very passionate about it. I love it very much with all of my heart and playing it my whole life. You would think that someone who's played soccer for over a decade, almost two decades that, you know, they would be one of the best players you've ever seen at it. But that's not the case with me. I've always thought of myself as very average at the game. You know, I, I can hold my own around people that are also kind of my skill level, although I guess you could apply that to everything. Like, you could hold your own if your opposition is the same skill level as you. But anyway, I've never been the best at it, and I I hesitate to say that I've never tried to be the best, but it's just one of those things where it that trying to be the best at soccer was never really important to me. I always just wanted to, to enjoy the game and play the game that I love, and there's there's always been people anywhere I played, whether I was growing up or, or playing in high school or playing on an indoor team or even playing uh, intramural soccer here, here at, uh, at college. I just I was, There's always been much, much better players than myself, and, and that never really bothered me. Um, and I, I don't think that that should bother people in a negative way. Um, I know people can use that as a motivational tool. Um, you know, if you're not the best at something, that's a good motivator to to keep working, keep working harder, and just get yourself up to that next level so maybe you can be that, that top person at whatever it is that you're doing, whatever activity that you might be participating in. Um, but for myself, it was more just about playing the game that I love and just enjoying it. I was never really concerned about um, oh, I have to be the best player on my team, because that also brings a lot of pressure. If you're the best person on a on a sports team, the best player, or if you're the, you know, 
best at whatever you're doing, then that comes with that comes with some pressure, and sometimes that can be a negative thing. Um, because if you don't perform to the highest expectations that everyone sets of you, because once you become quote unquote the best at something, whether it's in your mind or in other people's minds, they put you on a very high pedestal, and a lot of the times it can be very very difficult to remain on that pedestal. In a, in a positive way, because the slightest hiccup or the slightest mistake, everyone automatically wants to bring you down because you're not performing in their mind to the best, quote unquote, that you can. And you are, in a sense, letting other people down or letting yourself down. And that's not the mindset that anyone should have um, in, a, in any aspect of life. If you're not the best at something, that is completely and 100% okay. That is not anything to be ashamed about. Um, another example from my own personal life, I've been playing the trumpet. Ooh, nerd alert, he plays the trumpet. What is he, a band geek? Yes, I am a band geek, and I am proud of it. I've been a band geek since 6th grade, and I'm 17th grade <laughs> right now for y'all that want to do the math on that. Uh, fifth year senior in college, hoping to graduate in a couple months. But anyway, um, I am a lot better at playing the trumpet than I am at playing soccer. I will admit that, and I will give myself that. However, I have still never been the best trumpet player in any particular group that I've been in, whether it's been middle school, high school, um, co especially college. Oh, there's people out here that you know put me to shame, make me look like I'm back in uh, beginning band in, in sixth grade. But that's okay. You know, that's I'm, now I'm not this whole thing. I'm not trying to say that I'm not competitive because those who know me know I'm a very competitive person, but I haven't let myself not being the best overtake my life. And I know that there's some people that are like that. You know, they they have to be the best at something no matter what it is, because that just fills whatever they need to fill inside to make them feel good about themselves. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Some people are like that, and it works out really well for them. I'm just saying I'm not one of those people, and it's okay if you're not one of those people. Because at the end of the day, as long as you're just enjoying what you're doing, regardless of what it is, and no matter what number on the totem pole of like excellence, I guess you could say, or your abilities of whatever you're doing, no matter what it is, as long as you're enjoying it and having fun, that's all that really matters. Because if you don't enjoy it in the first place, then that kind of you kind of lose the drive in my mind to even want to become better or the best at whatever it is in the first place, if that makes sense. It just being quote unquote second best. I really need to phrase that better because that makes it sound like you know, a negative term, but for a lack of better words at the moment, second best, it just gives you something to work towards. Because if you're not the best, for those of you that do use that as motivation, you can just think to yourself like, okay, well, what can I do to get better? What can I, what can I change? How, how much more can I, uh, can, can I practice? How much more effort can I put into whatever it is that I'm doing? And so it's a, it's a constant process. And once you become the best, it's still not over because you've got to keep working to maintain that status and not make sure that no one overtakes you, but make sure that you remain at that level the entire time that you want to be said best at whatever you're doing. And I'm not really sure how to phrase this, but I guess 
in my mind, when you become the best at whatever it is, whether it's sports or an instrument uh, such as my personal life or, um, you know, card games or or movie knowledge or, or anything like that, when you become that number one, and this could be an internal thing too, and this is in your mind, it, you know, there's people that are always going to doubt and people that are always going to hate, but you just got to learn to block them out because yes, other people's opinions matter, but as long as you value your own opinions about yourself, then that's, that's all that really matters at the end of the day. But I keep getting sidetracked, sorry. Being number one, and this is probably a horrible way to put it, but it could be taken as once you hit that level, it kind of means that you've, you've done it all. And to some people, it's like, all right, well, I'm the best now. I have nothing left to prove, so I'm going to stop working hard, which is not the mindset that anyone should have. Because as soon as you reach that mindset, you're not the best anymore. Because the people that are, again, quote unquote, the best or working up to that, they never stop working. They never tire of working and continuously trying to improve and change whatever they can to get to that next level. And so while... Yes, getting to number one can be very rewarding. It's also not, I don't want to say necessary, but it's okay. Like I've been saying, it's okay to not be the best because if you don't, if you're one of those people that really doesn't like the pressure that comes with it, then that might be the best thing for you, you know, being, being the next best or even just farther down the totem pole for totem poles is is a history class. Um, it's all right. You know, we're all different and we all have different mindsets and, and ways of thinking. But as long as you're happy with, with where you are, what you're doing at the end of the day, that's all that really matters because internal happiness is what everyone really needs. And that's again, something that I'm trying to, to work on with myself too, is, is getting, being happy with where I am and whatever I'm doing. And, I don't want to say content because that sounds kind of lazy, but just just happy. Just as long as you're happy, then then that's what really matters. Uh, let's see here. Moving on, I gotta get better at segues. If y'all have any tips on how to transition into different segments, hit me up because this is this is a struggle here. But uh, moving on to the next thing, um, I know there's a lot of people out there that love movies in general, specifically movies based off of a book. And I know that there's also people that love reading and love books, specifically books based off of a movie. They're interchangeable, vice versa. And there's some people who are very adamant about, I will always only, you know, watch the movie instead of read the book or vice versa or when they watch the movie and read the book, they people get very heated in arguments about whether or not the movie or the book was better, and this was accurate, and this wasn't, and this was supposed to happen, but this didn't, and yada, 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 things like that. And then there's some people that either don't care in the sense that they don't like the subject, they don't watch the movie or read the book, or they're kind of like me, where if I read the book and I enjoy it, that's fine. If I watch the movie and enjoy it, it's fine. If there's some discrepancies between the two, yeah, you know, it, it's not really a big deal to me. 
Um, I will say on that, though, in terms of, like, the subject matter being the same for... So, let's say, like, the the Star Wars series. I've never read the books, personally, but I've watched every single movie, and I've enjoyed every single movie. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Um... I'm almost hesitant to read the books in this aspect. One, because I just don't have the time really to read, uh, at least currently. But also, I'm, I don't want to get into one of those where I stop enjoying the movies because of the books, if that makes sense. Or vice versa. If I've read a book series and they come out with a movie... I, yeah, I'm excited to see the movie, but I'm also a little hesitant because, you know, it might skew my my enjoyment of the, the subject matter as, as a whole. Um, but with that being said, in terms of things that I have both read the book and watched the movie about, I've been leaning more towards I prefer the movies over the books. Um, I know there's people out there that they can get so emotionally invested into a book, um, no matter what it is, like people, people can, can show all sorts of emotions, um, just from reading words off of a page. And if you're listening and you're one of those people, that's, you know, incredibly, I think that's awesome. To me, I've never been able to just read words on a page and, and get the same emotion, that I get from watching a movie and seeing people's emotions and expressions and and watching the storyline and listening to the background music and just all of that has always led me to prefer the movie over the book. Um, I guess a good example that I can think off the top of my head, if anyone knows the Percy Jackson series, um, it finished a while ago. It was a book series of five books, I believe. I think it was five that I read in, in middle and high school. And those were books that I really, really enjoyed. And when I found out that they were starting to create a movie series based off of it, I was so excited. And I went to see The Lightning Thief, the first movie based off of the first book that came out. And I loved it. It made me enjoy the series even more. Like I said, being able to watch the action unfold right in front of my eyes. But then they stopped doing the movies. I think they I think they did Sea of Monsters, which is book 2. I think they made that one, but after that they stopped and it just it I, I felt cheated. I felt like they had built everyone's hopes up and then they were like, "Nah, we're done. We're not doing this anymore." And that was a shame because I love movies. I could sit on my couch and watch movies all day long. I don't know if I could say the same about reading books just because once I start getting in that motion of my eyes just going across a page reading words, it just all becomes a blur, and then I get distracted, and then, you know, lose focus, and, and what have you. Um, but I know there's people out there that, that lean, you know, both ways, and I, have, I know someone or some people that they don't like movies at all. They would just rather sit and, and read all day, and... You know, I ask them sometimes, I'm like, don't you think you would enjoy, you know, the movie, like, you love this book, wouldn't you enjoy the movie as well if they came out with one? And, you know, some of them were like, yeah, you know, maybe, but only if it's really accurately based on the book. And 
I kind of, I got that one got me thinking because I think as a fan of the arts and just the entertainment industry in general, if something isn't completely like 100% accurate between a movie and a book, but the content and the storyline between both is still good, then I don't really think it should matter how accurate you know it is and i know this is a big debate in the the marvel universe uh like the comic book um superheroes and all the movies that have been coming out over the last decade or so there's a lot of people that have a lot of questions and get very upset i was shocked at how upset people some people get about how this in the movie wasn't portrayed like it was in the comics or this shouldn't have happened because it didn't happen like this in the comics. And to, to a point I can, I can understand where some people are coming from based off of the context that's given and, and what's going on in the movie or at the, the, that time in the storyline. But there's that also other part of me where if it's still good content and you still enjoy it, why does it matter how accurate it is? Because Especially in movies like this, I know if it says, like, based off of a true story or based off of this or based off of that, yes, it should be mostly accurate. But again, it's also, you know, quote unquote, it's Hollywood and they have to make their money the way they can. So, of course, they skew storylines and all that. Um, I know that some people, especially when it gets to autobiography, not autobiographies. I don't know what the word is, but when they make a movie about you, um, I remember long time ago this happened when The Blind Side came out, and Michael Orr, the the football player that the movie was based off of, he got very upset because a lot of what was portrayed in the film was not accurate of his life, and that that I can understand because that's that's someone's life that you're you're, you're portraying poorly and inaccurately, and, and that can affect a person. But in terms of something animated or something that's purely 100% fictional, I'd, at least in my mind, maybe I'm wrong, but at least in my mind, I don't really think it should matter that much or at least be as like, um, be as adamant about being accurate as some people make it out to be. But in terms of like movies versus books I do, yeah, I do lean more towards movies, um, and I, I lean more towards movie series instead of individual stories, because I love storylines, I love cliffhangers and building up to the next, like, what's gonna happen next movie, what's gonna happen, that's why this whole MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe thing that's been going on over the last decade, I love it, because every movie that comes out, as soon as it ends, I immediately want to know what happens next. I cannot wait for the next movie. And then there's some movies that come out that are just on their own, and I love those movies, but you don't know if there's going to be a sequel, or you don't know if what you're thinking is right or wrong, and there's not going to be another movie to help prove that, or to help disprove that, whatever you're thinking. And I just feel, and I feel the same way with books too. Most of the books that I've read growing up, especially, I read a lot in elementary and middle school just because the homework back then didn't take you 
a whole entire weekend to do like it does now. But I enjoyed reading book series, especially the longer ones. I think one of the longest ones I read was, um, what was it called? Oh, it's called the, uh, the Cirque de Freak series. If anyone knows what that is, then props to you. But if you don't know what that is, I think they started to turn that into a TV show or a movie, but it didn't really work out. But, um, it was a long series basically about this kid who, okay, the very gist of it, this kid turned into a vampire and then he faked his own death to get away from his family and then live his life as a vampire as part of a circus freak show kind of thing. That's the that's the bare minimum, like literally like ribs of an animal, bare bone of it. Um But I just I just enjoy I enjoy series so much more. And I guess you could relate that I'm gonna I'm gonna you know what, it's gonna be a stretch, but I'm gonna relate that to life somehow. Life is like a series because every day you spend and then every time you go to bed, going to bed is kind of like a cliffhanger because you don't know what's going to happen the next day or the next day. You don't know what's going to happen a week from now, a month from now. You might have an idea of what you think or what you want to happen, but no one has any, like no one has a hundred percent certainty of what's going to happen at any moment in time. Unless, you know, you're sitting here, well, I know I'm going to breathe in one second, one Mississippi. There you go. That that's a dumb example. That's that's over exaggerating it quite a bit. But if life was just a bunch of individual moments, then that's just living moment to moment instead of enjoying life in its fullest as a continual series. If that makes any amount of sense. I just came off of that at the top of my head. So if I confused you, I probably confused myself, but as long as you're getting what you want most out of life, I'm trying to relate all of this to life and it's a stretch. I'm trying y'all, <laughs> but as long as you're enjoying ever any, as much out of life as you can, then, then that's what matters. Every segment in this is ending the same way. This is, this is fun. We're having fun here. All right, moving on. This is uh, one of the ones that I was most excited to talk about, and I apologize if I spend a lot of time talking about this. Um, but I wanted to touch on, uh, and this is also important to me because this is something that I've been having a really hard time dealing with internally recently, but I'm trying to do better at at realizing and understanding uh, this and applying this to my own life. But your expectations of others. And this actually is a nice segue into my quote of the day is, and this is from Anonymous. I searched everywhere, could not find an original source from this, but the quote of the day is don't expect you from others. So basically what you're like, your mannerisms, your ideas, your habits, if you don't expect that same thing from other people, then that could lead to less stress and less drama or what have it on your end, just in an overall, just an overall aspect. So some examples from my personal life, like I'm a fast texter and I respond 
quickly. Not because I'm just sitting in my chair staring at my phone all day waiting for someone to text me. I just have a natural thing where I feel my phone go off, I look at it, if someone has sent me a message or anything and I have time, I will respond immediately. 9.9 times out of 10, it's within the same minute. (laughs) And there's a lot of people that aren't like that. They'll see a message and, you know, they'll think, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll get around to it later. And later could be 30 seconds, 30 minutes, even a couple days. It just depends on the person and, and their priorities and what they're busy. And um, I have this bad habit of where I feel like because I always respond right away, if people don't, especially in circumstances where, you know, I might need some advice or I might need some help or I'm upset or whatever, and people don't respond right away, I immediately get defensive and I get upset and they say, oh, this person's ignoring me. Oh, this person doesn't care about me. This, And, you know, 9.9 times out of 10, that's not true at all. But it, it's something that just, it wires my, it's the way my brain is wired. And I wish it wasn't. <laughs> but it's something that I'm working on. And I think a lot of other people have this same issue. Um, but it's it's okay. And I'm telling this for myself too, but also for everyone who's listening. It's okay that people aren't the same way that you are. Because if we were all the same, then life would be no fun at all. Life, life would be... All right, let's test people's ages here. <laughs> if anyone's seen the show, uh, The Fairly Odd Parents, there's an episode where Timmy, I can't remember if he wishes for everyone to be the same or everything to be the same or whatever, but literally everything is the same. Like houses, people, everything. And he quickly realized how boring that is and how awful that is. And I think that that applies to real life too. If everyone was the exact same as you, Honestly, I'd, I'd probably get annoyed <laughs> with everybody because I annoy myself half the time. But it's it's okay that you don't get some... Well, okay, let me rephrase this. It's not okay if someone is not treating you the way you would treat them in a, in a, if that's happening in a negative way. Let me make that clear. I'm not saying that you shouldn't expect others to treat you the way you would treat them in in most cases or in some cases. So another example that I have is like always initiating the conversation. Nine times out of ten, I am always the one with, with any amount – with any friend that I have. I usually initiate the conversation whether it's over text or, or it's a phone call or it's making plans. Um, I like I like talking – to people throughout the day. You know, I don't like having no one to talk to. Yeah, there's those days where, you know, I just want to be by myself. Everyone has those days, but for the most part, I enjoy I enjoy talking to people and, and talking to my friends, seeing other days going, seeing what they're up to, seeing what they have planned for the evening or tomorrow or, you know, next weekend or what have you. And some days I do I I I'm guilty of this. I will purposefully not start any conversation with anyone just to see who would start a conversation with me. And that's a very, I've got to kick that habit. That is a very unhealthy habit to do because you never know what's going on in other people's lives. You don't know if they're, if the person that you, you really want to talk to, but you feel as if, if you don't start the conversation, then they won't talk to you back. And I've learned 
to try to stay away from that mindset because like I just said, you you have no idea what's going on on that side of the conversation. You don't know what that other person could be doing at that moment or in a few moments or or an hour ago. Something drastic could have happened and they just can't be on their phone for a while, but you can't sit there and or or at least you shouldn't. You shouldn't sit there and just and worry and fret and stress because that's what I do. And that's not healthy at all. I can't tell you how many times I have made myself upset or stressed or angry or anxious or any negative emotion. And 9.9 times out of 10, it's been over nothing. As soon as I find out the reason, I'm like, oh, okay, I apologize. You know, I, everything was completely fine. And so that's something that I'm working on a lot or trying to work on a lot is not expecting my mannerisms and my habits from every other single person that I talk to. And recently that's been helping me a lot over the last week or so. Um, And I think that's something that can apply to everyone. It doesn't always have to be a very serious situation. It can be literally anything. But again, yes, you should expect how you would treat someone, mostly your friends, to kind of give the same thing back to you I'm just saying don't expect your sometimes maybe extreme amounts of of whatever it is whether loving caring um, sympathy things like that from everybody else because some people aren't some people just aren't wired like that you know not everyone thinks the same as everyone else and and that's okay but as long as you don't rely on other people to give you the exact same treatment that you think they should give you, it just, in my mind, it just, it, may, it takes a lot of stress it, and it kind of lifts the burden a little bit on your uh, internal mindset, if that makes any kind of sense at all. I hope I didn't go back over on myself. I don't think I did. But yeah, just, let's see here. Yeah, just don't... I talked myself into a wall there for a second. That's another thing. If you are one of those people that your your mind is like mine, where you get off track for a split second, and then you just completely derail the whole time, I completely understand. I, I understand that 100%, because that happens to me all the time. The typical walk in a room, and I knew I came in here for something, but as soon as I crossed the threshold, I had no idea what it was. I swear, there there are hidden force fields that the government has installed in every threshold of a doorway, in every room, in every house, in just everywhere. That as soon as you walk through, you immediately forget what you were supposed to do in there. Because that, that happened to me at, to, at work today. I walked through the doors, and I had something on my mind. As soon as I walked through the door, I looked around, and I was like, what am I, what am I supposed to do here? It's the government. It's a conspiracy. I figured them out. That's what's going on. All right, so moving on, I was uh, wanted to do my segment of three things that I've learned recently, and so far, none of these have been Googled. <laughs> I can't promise that that won't be the case in the future, because you can only learn so much at one time, <laughs> but for all my gaming people out there, or those who know anything about this particular series in general... Um, those who know me know that I am a huge 
Pokemon fan from the day it came out, which was a little bit before my birth. So basically my whole life, because it Pokemon, I think, came out in 1996. I was born in 97, so I'm almost as old as Pokemon. But I love it with a passion. Like, I, I can name almost every name right off the top of my head. I buy every single new game that comes out. Just, I'm a, I'm honestly a couple, like, fanboy moments away from, like, eat, sleep, breathe Pokemon. Like, I just love, I love it. I love everything about it. And for those of you who understand or or know, Pokemon would be, they'd be 20, it would be 23 years old as a franchise this year. Ash Ketchum, the main protagonist, the guy who has, has been in all the, the movies and, and the anime and everything that everyone knows, and his his partner Pikachu, which is the the main icon of the entire franchise. Most people who don't even know what Pokemon is at least probably know who Pikachu is. He's a big yellow mouse. Um, in the anime, I found this out the other day, Ash finally won a regional Pokemon League. After 22 years, the kid finally did it. He's been 10 his entire 22-year life. <laughs> He's been 10 the whole time, and he finally won the League after failing in every region that he had been to so far. I believe this is the 8th or the 7th region that he'd been to, and he finally won. And I know it's an anime, and I know it's scripted and written, and like this didn't happen in real life, although I think Pokemon in real life would be absolutely amazing. But I think that's that's a good lesson that it can show people, that just because you fail once or twice or even multiple times, it doesn't mean that you should give up and that you should just quit whatever you're doing. Because... As if you do that, then you're not going to achieve what you really want. And what he really wanted was to win the Pokemon League. And he kept persevering, he kept fighting, he kept training, and he finally did it. He did what he be he did what he needed to become the best. He had always been in in his mind second best all the way up until this moment when he finally overcame everything and became the best. And I thought that that was, that was really cool. I know there was a lot of emotion throughout the world when that finally happened. I remember seeing it on Twitter, and people were like, oh my gosh, I'm crying. Ash finally did it. And and because a lot of us, like I've said, that have grown up with the franchise and grown, like this is, this is a big deal in the gaming world. And I'm not even much of, I wouldn't call myself a gamer. I enjoy video games, but I wouldn't call myself like a dedicated gamer. I used to be in middle school. I used to game all the time. But those Xbox live chats aren't the same as they were back then. We're not going to get into that. Um, second thing that I learned recently is the ages of certain celebrities. And I cannot believe how young some of these celebrities are. First of all, it makes me feel bad about myself. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm 22 and I, I feel like I can't you know do anything right. But yet you've got people out here... Especially, like, professional sports athletes. Like, all I hear about, again, with soccer, because that's my favorite sport, I follow, I don't know how many soccer accounts, so I'm always up to date on everything almost as soon as it happens. But there are te literal teenagers, I'm talking 15, 16 years old, playing professional football in Europe at the highest level, in the highest 
competitions and the most intense competitions in the entire, I believe, the entire world in that respective sport. And, you know, I, I'm okay at soccer. <laughs> I'm never going to get to that level. And it just, it just blows my mind at the ages of some of these people, especially the ones that you feel are so much older than they are. Like when Demi Lovato's birthday happened the other week, and I found out she was only 27. I have friends, I have close friends that are older than she is. And I'm not saying that to, you know, I'm not saying that to be like, wow, you know, if you're not this super young and you're not where they are, then you should feel bad about yourself. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm literally saying this just like I'm blown at how some of these people have already been able to accomplish what they've accomplished at, at this that this age. And I think the big one that, and I think a lot of people can relate to this too, is everyone knows Chris Brown. Everyone probably knows Chris Brown for the negative reasons, but he's only 30. I feel like this man has been famous ever since I was able to comprehend anything in life. Like, I swear, as soon as I could understand what things were in the world, I knew who Chris Brown was, and I knew he was famous. Like, the, I thought he was, you know, 40s, almost 50s. No, this man is 30. That just blew my mind. How some of these people that we've grown up with have been famous our entire lives, and they're almost, they're almost our age. I mean, we're eight years apart, but still, that's the same generation. Like, that's just insane to me. But yeah, that's uh, that is three things that I learned recently. I don't know how much of that I can. That is not three things. That is two things. I messed that up horribly. This is the third thing that I learned recently. We're doing great, guys. Thank you so much for for listening. Um, this is the the I, oh I see what I did there. I skipped it because I wanted to save the the other one for last because uh, I want this to be a little bit more serious than the first two. Um, I've been learning recently how important it is to do things that you genuinely enjoy um, on the basis of for the good of your mental health, for your emotional health, sometimes for your physical health. Doing things that you genuinely enjoy is so good for all of that. And I'm finally starting to learn that and I'm finally starting to realize that. And it is actually helping me out quite a bit. For instance, I think I mentioned this last week or last episode, this podcast. This is something that I, you know, this is only my second episode, but I already genuinely enjoy doing this so much. I enjoy helping uh, people and, and, and talking and having an audience to listen to, and it's it's helping a lot. And uh, the other week, I rejoined the marching band at my at my college. Uh, for those who for those of you who don't know, I go to, to Old Dominion uh, University, and I just rejoined the marching band there. Um, originally, I wasn't able to because of my work schedule and because of my class schedule, but I was able to work things out, and I was able to rejoin marching band, which is something that I genuinely enjoy doing. I love performing, and I always have loved performing. Um, in high school, especially my senior year, let's see, my senior year, I was in – y'all are about to find out how much of a nerd I am. Holy. I was in jazz band, symphonic band, marching band. I was in show band, which for those of you who don't know what that is, um, it's the band that accompanies what's called a show choir. 
Um, I know that that's not a, a universal thing, but a show choir is a class in grade school where uh, kids can perform choreographed routines, uh, singing and dancing numbers. It's kind of like kind of like Broadway, in a sense. But well, it's not really acting. It's singing and dancing, and then there's a band um, that accompanies it. And I was in the band, the show band for my high school. I was in the pit for when my high school did the their production of Cats, which is my all-time favorite musical. I might be a little biased because of that, but I, I genuinely enjoy it. I love it uh, a lot. And I also played uh, varsity soccer my senior year on top of work and homework and just my, my, my regular social life afterwards and all that. It was a lot. It was a lot. I, you know, looking back, I'm like, how did I balance all that stuff? But I was able to balance it because I genuinely enjoyed doing all of it. And that was, that was one of the happiest times of my life because I was constantly doing things that I had fun doing, no matter what it was. Like, I always had a smile. I was always upbeat. It just, it, it, it felt really, really good. And that was, that was a really good time in my life. And, I, and I've kind of fallen off of that path a little bit. And I'm trying to get back to that and starting to do things that that I love to do. And, and this podcast is one of them. Marching band was one of them. Just anything where I can, in a sense, perform. Because I, I would say podcast is, is performing in some way. You're performing a, not a, not a lecture, but, but a, like a glorified story time, if, if you will. Um, but I, I really think that that's one of the keys to, to true happiness is doing things that you genuinely enjoy and it can help so much both the immediate and your long-term future that was the third and final thing that i have learned recently uh before i sign off i just want to end this with a little bit of uh, two truths and one lie so as the name suggests i'm going to list off two truths and one lie about myself and i will leave it up to y'all to Figure out your own opinions, what you think is the lie. And if you want to write it down or just try to remember. And then on the next episode, I will begin with giving that answer away. And if you get it right, then kudos to you. Happy little pat on your back there. And if you get it wrong, then that's okay. Because, like I said, it's okay to be wrong. I don't think I've said that. But it's okay to be wrong. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. All right, so two truths and one lie, starting with number one. I was a fan of two other football teams before the Redskins. And when I mean football, I'm talking American football, the NFL, the Washington Redskins. Number two, I've never had to take swimming lessons before. And number three, I was almost drowned by a friend at a lake and a campground. Try to pick out the lie from that, and on the next episode, see if you got that right. Well, I appreciate you all for listening. That is it for this episode of Semi-Relatable Content. I hope you enjoyed yourself, and I hope you took something away from this, whatever it may be. And I can't wait to be able to talk to you all again soon. And with that, I hope you enjoy the rest of your night or day, whenever, whatever time you're listening to this. And I will see you guys next episode.